welcome to Families for Life with Brian O'Brien, a podcast of Oak Hill Baptist Church. On today's episode, we're doing things God's way, surrender. Welcome back. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Brian just did something that made me laugh, so. Yeah, yeah already I'm, messing things up. Enjoy it's that. It's going to be a great day. <laughs> but we're glad to be back on the podcast recording for all you that are out there listening. Yes, thanks for listening. We finished up our Understanding God's Word, and we're just doing some different kind of things, some one-off episodes, and uh, some things that we really wanted to talk yeah. about for a long time, you know? Right, right. We decided we wanted to get through our series because if we didn't, then we never would. <laughs> yeah. And so we got through that and uh, hope that that was helpful. But yeah, we, we just want to talk about some, we talked about some serious things. Mm-hmm. We talked about some, you know, less serious, some fun things. Mm-hmm. Um, today we're talking about a pretty serious, but not, it's not like, uh, I don't feel like it's a... Uh, Deep or well, it is deep. It's not like a dark or depressing episode by any. Yeah, means. no, no, I don't, I don't think that. I think it is some some things that we want to consider. You know, this is something that's been on my heart for a, a long time. Something I think about a lot. You know, yeah. and so I think surrender is something that we, uh, you know, need to you know let people know about. Yeah, we got to well, talk we, about. Yeah, we got to have a right understanding about it. So, well, before we get into it, we want to tell people. To subscribe, yep. To like, to review, review mm-hmm. email us your feedback. You know the drill. Yes. You know the other podcasts like to put this at the end, and then I never listen to it, so we stick it in at the beginning. <laughs> ah, you gotcha. have to listen. And other people are like, well, I already skipped over that. So, and then some. Yeah, they're like, fast forward thirty seconds. <laughs> I'm gonna just. End, I'm just gonna put in later on in the episode. I'm just gonna put it just randomly put it in several different times. We're gonna episode. be like uh, other people where it's like they just segue into a random right. ad. Yes. No ads from us. No ads. So. Yet we're still we're we're uh, anyone that wants to sponsor us. We're entertaining sponsorship yes. ideas. Yeah, we right are now, open. So, so, <laughs> so we're open. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so we're talking about doing things God's way. Yeah, this is kind of one of our segments that we like to do. Where really what we get into is a topic that um, a lot of times we just try to. We try to do whatever topic on our own. Yeah. But the Bible talks a lot about how to live life. Yeah. Right? yeah. These are things that we want to control. We want to do our way, but mm-hmm. that's not always a good plan. So we're going to examine scripture and think of what is God's way of doing these things. That's right. So um, we need to look at this, this idea of surrender. Um, and uh, it's important for us to start talking about what it is right because mm. i immediately i'm thinking about like surrender i surrender you know it's like right. that's not that's not necessarily what we're it is kind about. of a negative word or it's seen as negative because it's like giving up mm. you know or you're put in a position where there's no way out you must surrender you know yeah. waving the white flag you know in battle you surrender to your that's opponent, right. you know or <clears throat> to the person you're fighting so do you, is that how you think people normally think about surrender? Yeah, when you hear the word surrender, I think you're normally thinking about like a white flag that you're putting up and you're saying like, I've been beaten and now my enemy gets to do whatever they want to me. Right. Right. And so that's normally like not a good thing. You, mm-hmm. You're not wanting your enemy to be able to do whatever they want to you. Um, how does that, what about connection to our faith? How are, how is, how are those things different? Right. Yeah. These are, these are that's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about our enemy having reign over our lives, mm-hmm. right? Uh, when we talk about surrender and connection to our faith, it's not about winning and losing. It's really about our relationship with Jesus, the Lord. Yeah. Right? Understanding really who he is and what it means that he's the Lord. Some things have similar, like when you said they have uh, rule over their life. That is That's true. true. But <clears throat> Jesus is not... Uh, an enemy, you know, maybe at one time we were enemies with God, but mm-hmm. we've been brought near to him yeah. through the gospel. And so I like how uh, Kevin Smith, a Presbyterian minister, wrote an issue, uh, an article, an issue of Table Talk magazine. And I like what he said. He says, Christian health is not defined by how happy we are, how prosperous or healthy we are, or even by how many people we've led to the Lord in the past year. Christian health is ultimately defined by how sincerely we wave our flag of surrender. Mm. A major way to measure our spiritual health is to determine how surrendered we are to God. I believe that many of our greatest struggles in living a healthy, productive Christian life 
come to us because of our unwillingness to surrender fully to God. Mm. Last sentence here, our churches are full of people who are not progressively growing in their surrender to Christ. Therefore, many of our churches are spiritually unhealthy. Yeah. What do you think? What's your reaction to that? Well, you know, it's good to see because he even brought out that whole like, uh, you know, waving your flag of surrender. You know, we have to recognize that that when we're talking about surrender to the Lord, what we're really doing is like that's like saying I'm going to surrender to being alive. You know, yeah, because like being alive is what we want, and what we do when we don't surrender to that, we're we're actually choosing. <laughs> are ill, right? We're choosing something bad for us. And it's like a child. It's like a child who is constantly trying to, uh, you know, jump off of a cliff because they don't recognize, they don't have any idea how bad that would be for them. And we have to finally, we have to surrender to our father who is trying to give us, you know, real abundant life, right? Yeah. I think most people don't think about measuring their spiritual health in in the terms of surrender. I think you you're know? right. There's those, all those other metrics, and most of it's like attendance to church or uh, Bible study or Bible knowledge even. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think people see that the word surrender really does equal freedom in Christ, mm. right? It's like I think about Don Whitney's, uh, Dr. Whitney's book, and he talks about discipline. You know, like when you discipline yourself, when you are structured and under this discipline, that's when you're free to do what the discipline accomplishes. So like when you surrender yourself to the Lord, that's when you're actually free to live the life that he has invented for you. Right. You know? And I think so many Christians have such a hard time surrendering because we see surrender as a sign of weakness. Right. We have this idea that surrender and freedom are mutually exclusive. Exactly. Do you think that's true? No, it, it, I don't think that's true. I think that surrender and freedom go hand in hand. That's exactly what, you know, I was even, I didn't, it's funny, I didn't even like look at that when I was talking about um, this idea right. of having freedom. See, we are free from our sin when we surrender to Christ. Yeah. Um, we talked about this in a previous episode about freedom in Christ. Yes, right? and that's how, right. how freedom in Christ does not mean that we're free from obligation. That's right. Right? We're free from sin, but we're still under a master, our Lord. That's right. So once sin was our master, now, now Jesus is. it's Jesus. Yeah. So if Jesus is our Lord, what does that mean for us? Well, that means we need to think about who we live our life for, right? <clears throat> like, who are we trying to live for? Yeah. Um, and I think that that really is, is a huge mind change. I think so many Christians don't even think about that because they think I'm living my life for myself. Well, and they, yeah. the Lord is a, my Christianity is a little piece of that, you know? And, and this, I, I've, I've, I've said this for a long time. If you look at your, your time in your life as like mm -hmm. a pie chart or the things that you do, you know, we think of Christianity as a part of that, right? you know, where really what God is calling us to is to, is to know that the whole pie chart is our faith. Yeah. And then all the things that we do work, family, uh, church, uh, you know, all the other activities that we have and hobby, even hobbies and free time and everything is in that whole pie chart of our faith that's right and i think we just we just don't think of it in those terms I, I think another way to think about it is like i think people think of jesus as like a genie a personal genie Ooh, yeah. or god's like their personal or genie. santa claus yeah and um and so like as long as you know if like you want something you you say a little prayer you rub the lamp and then all of a sudden god's like hey you know poof, what do you need and uh and it's like no that's that's poof, not, what do you need poof what, what do you need, need? poof what, what do you need, need? and um <laughs> aladdin reference there for you um but yeah like that that's that's not who the Lord is. He's the Lord. Right. Um, he's not a genie. Um, and so sometimes when we say, Lord, I need this, he says, no, no, you really don't. It's not what's best. You this know? is, I'll, I'll show you what you need. I, I got you. Um, so, that, but that takes surrender for yeah. us to live that out, right? Mm -hmm. So what kind of surrender does Jesus call for? Yeah, I think one of the things that is so helpful, and this was pointed out in this article uh, in Table Talk was the verse uh, Romans 12, 1 and 2. And I think we should just take some time to examine that because I really think Paul keys in on some really important factors of what the Lord wants from us. And so mm. <clears throat> let's read this verse here, Romans 12, 1 and 2. It says, I, 
appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So let's break this Mm -hmm. down here. The first thing is we are to present our bodies. Now the mm-hmm. idea is, and this is very interesting, we are the, the priest believers. Yeah. You know, we enter into in Exodus 19 it calls us we are a kingdom of priests. You yeah. know, and then in 1 Peter 2 that's reiterated, we are the royal priesthood. Mm-hmm. Now the difference is, <clears throat> well, and I will say this, in Hebrews it says we are to approach the throne of grace with confidence, you know? That's right. Because we now as believers, we don't have to have an, uh, Jesus is our interceder. He's our mediator, right? But we can approach the throne of God. We can approach the altar of God. We don't have to have an old Testament priest of Israel. We don't have to have a Levite there to, to, to go into the temple for us. You know, we can do that. Now we're not going to make an atonement, but we're going in response to the atonement. Yeah. Well, and that's why, so, you know, Jesus, he is the true prophet, priest, and king. Okay, right. you know, think about the Old Testament. Kings couldn't kings couldn't go into the presence of God. Mm. There was a king who did that one time, and he died. Right, priests only the high priest could do that once a year. Well, Jesus is the prophet, priest, and king who could do it truly, and it is in Him through His right. atonement, the thing that He did, that we are then He gives that to us. We're adopted into the family of God. We are made co-heirs with Christ, which means that we are now. Roy, that's what. That's why he says royal priesthood, right. priest, priesthood, because we have been given the same identity right. as Jesus as these priest kings. That's right. Like, and, that's insane when you think about it. And Jesus <laughs> was the final sacrifice for atonement. So God is not calling us to make an atoning sacrifice. We put our faith in Jesus Christ, and He is that atonement. So when we approach the throne, we approach the altar. What what are we giving? What is what is He saying that we are to present? our bodies. Right. So the only thing that we have of any value <clears throat> is ourselves. Right. You know, I love that old uh, preacher story where the where they're passing the plate and the little boy whispers to the deacon to put the plate on the floor and he steps yes. into it yes. to give himself as an offering. I mean, that's, that's that's all he has. And I love that story because <clears throat> that's that's all we have. Well, it's, and it, and we are to give ourselves, surrendering, presenting our bodies to the Lord. We are now at the disposal of God. You know, that's such a, a true uh, thing to think through that that story because I think sometimes people, especially you know wealthier people, find it so much easier to just give money instead of giving themselves. Mm. And and that's that comes back to it. Like God doesn't really want your money. You know, when we preach about like, you know, tithing and, and, and offering that that's an overflow of you having given your whole self. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And so really he wants you. Yes. And Jesus made that payment so that you could give you right. to the Lord instead of giving a dead animal. Right. right. He doesn't care about dead animals. He wants you and a, a, an ultimate sacrifice had to be made so that you could come into the presence as a priest king. Well, that's what he says in Romans chapter six. He says, uh, you, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and your members to God as instruments of righteousness. Mm. Because of the gospel, we now present ourselves to the Lord yeah. as an instrument of righteousness. Or another way to think about this is a living sacrifice. It's right. what he says in Romans chapter 12. You are a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. You see, God doesn't want a dead sacrifice. What does he mean by a living sacrifice? Isn't that impossible? Well, yeah, when you only think about sacrifices, this idea of uh, killing something, then yes. But but I think what we're getting at is this idea of joyful surrender. Like yes. the sacrifice is the giving of yourself to whatever end that God has joyfully in finding our pleasure in him. Mm-hmm. We leave behind the world that can't really give us the joy that God can give us. Yeah. And and we find all of our joy by giving ourselves fully to him, mm-hmm. right? And so you have this great uh, statement here. What do you like to call this? Active surrender. That's like seems like an oxymoron, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. But it's it's really not. It's it's like a, a real thing that we can do. 
but it's a thing you have to do on purpose. Right? Yeah, we're we're called to we're called to go on living. It's not like when we become a believer, we just we just die. You know what I'm right. saying? <clears throat> we we are called to go on living, but we change how we live. Mm-hmm. Our living changes from living for ourselves to living for the Lord. So instead of pursuing our desires, we pursue holiness and a desire to please God and to be acceptable to him. That's what it says. A living sacrifice is holy and pleasing to God. Now we got to remember these, these instructions were given to believers mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because at first, if you go back to the beginning, he says, remember by the mercies of God, meaning the gospel. So the only way that you got to understand Romans, he's talked a lot about the gospel. Right previous to this. Now he's bringing it home to some really practical things of living out the gospel. So this is not just uh, everyone mm-hmm. is is doing this. This is a call to believers to full surrender out of your out of the gospel uh, you're called to this. It's impossible to fully surrender to God, to pursue holiness, to be acceptable to God without Jesus. It's yeah. impossible. I was literally, I was thinking as we were talking about this stuff, I'm like, man, we're, it's so crazy how like the Bible talks about that, like you got to die daily, but then you got to live and you got to be a living sacrifice and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you know, unbelievers can't understand this. Right. Like there's, there's a spiritual reality where like when you, when you, when you do surrender your life to Jesus, you receive the Holy Spirit by faith, and then like, and then this is like, oh, oh, this only makes sense, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, and so I'm just thinking, if you're out there, you're listening, and you're like, I have no idea what they're saying. This is just a bunch of like spiritual mumbo jumbo. Um, you spend some time with the Lord and pray about what it means. Well, read to the live Book of Romans. Yeah, yeah, read yeah. Paul's argument in the Book of Romans. That's right. He lays it out for us. So yeah. Then it goes to the the part of the verse here, which is your spiritual worship. Mm-hmm. So we know that. Putting ourselves in full surrender is actually an act of worship. So it's not worship is not just about singing, right? You know, that's one part of it. It's about living a life of surrender or sacrifice to the Lord. Yeah, right. We got to remember God gave us everything, and He or He sorry He gave everything. Mm. He does not call us to something He does not He did not do or is not willing to do. Right. He gave everything, and he calls us to follow in his footsteps. Yeah, we're really just being like him. And so when we when we live out, well, think about it. Oh, man, I just, so like, if we are made in God's image, right, and we are created to reflect his glory, right, then it only makes sense for us to live the way he does. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what the Bible calls us to, is to be holy, because I, the Lord your God, am holy. Why? Because you were created to reflect my, my image in the first place. Mm-hmm. And so, like, when we talk about this spiritual worship, this living out uh, everything that we have for God, well, that's that's God. You know, God has the, is the one who gave us all of that. So we're really just reflecting back to the Lord everything that He gives to us, and that is worship. Mm-hmm. That's how we glorify Him is by reflecting Him uh, in all that we do. Yeah. Right. And so it is super important for us to understand this. But why why do you think that is? Yeah, I think it's important for us to grab a hold of this because we 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 don't think like this. We don't understand our faith in these terms. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? We we understand the gospel and the need to. Uh, I think many Christians, I should say, understand the 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 need to repent, mm. uh, the need to put our faith and trust in Jesus. But it kind of stops there. It's not yeah. fully fleshed out to know what is uh, what is faith look like you know and i think faith is is seen in full surrender well and i think like james i think the book of james is so helpful because i think the book of james is based is like for believers Mm -hmm. who are like yeah i believe and he's like okay well then actually live like it you know yeah why are you living contrary to faith right and uh and i think that's well i think that's the next point is how do we live out surrender that's right yeah right so the next thing it says do not be conformed to the world what does Mm. that mean to be conformed to the world (laughs) it means be like it Mm -hmm. it means think the same way talk the same way watch the same stuff uh be interested in the same things and and that's not to say that we can't be interested in some of the same things but there are things that are very clearly worldly Mm -hmm. and i'm telling you uh, if there's no differentiation in our lives between 
the believer and the non-believer, then there's right. something wrong. Right. And and it is funny. The world seems to be seeping further and further into things. Yeah. It seems harder and harder to find things that are in our culture that are not what we would call like sinfully worldly. Right. Well, and I've seen this with my with my own kids. There's a there's a temptation as parents because you want your kids to be quote normal. Right. And I tell you, the normal thing for especially teenagers is a lot of sin. Yeah. And, you know, let them make mistakes, let them do this, let them do that, let them live their lives, give them ultimate freedom at that age. And I'm like, I don't know. I think our lives looking a little different and and us raising our children different is okay. Right. I don't want my life to look like the world. Yeah. Well, there's a difference between making mistakes and like, catastrophic, you know, uh, blunders, right? Yeah. Well, intentional, intentionally (laughs) walking into it's there's, yeah, 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 you're right. Yeah. The intentional, and that's what, that is what the world wants is to live in intentional sin. Right. And we're saying, no, like that is not what we are to do. We do not conform to that. Um, and it's funny if we were, if the world was honest and not hypocritical, they would say, yeah, be different, but that's not really what they want. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it is a huge temptation to be conformed to the world because otherwise when you're not conformed to them, they do call you out, make fun of you. Yeah. So instead of being conformed, we're to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So Mm. this, this, uh, transformation, uh, by the renewing of minds, it has a direct gospel implication first, okay? Yeah. Then it pushes us towards God's Word. We must be transformed by the gospel, okay? You, you hear all of these um, analogies that talk about that we're dead, now we're alive. We're mm-hmm. enslaved, now we're free. We're in yeah. darkness, now we're in light. Yeah. There's there's more Blind, and more, but, now I see. but these are the transformations it's, it's all all of those things are pointing to a, a transformation that has happened in our life we were once this way now we're this way right. and that only comes through the gospel it can and that the, the the renewing of our mind cannot take place unless we're fully surrendered to the lord in the gospel yeah and then we need to continually renew our minds by going back to God's word. So how does that work? How does God's word renew our minds? Well, first, I'm just thinking like, to me, this is like, you know, I just said, like, we're blind, but now I see. If you don't renew your mind, if your mind is not being renewed by God's word, it's like being a blind person who is healed and made able to see. And you're like, wow, this is amazing. And now I'm going to take a nap and close my eyes and not see anything. And you're like, what you know yeah. like you should you should go see everything you can possibly mm-hmm. see yeah and so the way you the way you are renewed by god's word is by reading it mm-hmm. and knowing more cuz think about a blind person who's never seen anything they would want to go find out what mountains look like mm-hmm. they would want to go find out what the color red is they would want to keep seeing and finding out more and more and more to the point where they know what it means to see mm-hmm. and that's what it is to to go from death to life and know what it means to live looking at god's word yeah well the constant renewal uh, there's the transformation with the gospel the constant renewal is when it's a continual renewal because of sanctification that's right that's what because I'm we're growing yeah. in our faith and that only happens through his word because the bible tells us we are sanctified by the truth mm-hmm. his word is truth his word is truth. and so the only way that that sanctification truly happens in our life is our exposure to god's word that's right and then the verse says that by testing you may discern what the will what is the will of God what is good and acceptable and perfect. So if you follow this line of thinking Brian he's saying we're to present our bodies right we're to be living sacrifices mm-hmm. this is an act of worship how we do that we don't conform to the world we're transformed and then what it, what is important here is he throws in this this idea that we we need to know God's will right to be fully surrendered to experience what it means to be a living sacrifice, we have to understand, we have to be able to discern the will of God. And that mm-hmm. comes through testing. What does it mean when he says testing here? Yeah, well, this is where it, it gets interesting because, uh, like, I think you were saying this, that, like, you know, the Bible says, like, don't test the Lord. Right. Um, and, and now he's saying, ah, test the Lord. Well, I think we understand that... Uh, we're not we're talking about two different concepts mm-hmm. here right and so uh, we do need to know God's will we need to understand what God wants for us and the way to do that is to is to 
look into it, you know? And I think that this idea of like testing is looking into God's word Mm -hmm. and finding out. Yeah. We're not testing God to know if he is real or good or if he's going to fulfill his promises. That's not the kind of testing that we're talking about. We're talking about testing the direction and discerning where God's will is because we know God's will is perfect. It's good. It's what we, we want to be in In God's will. will. Well, and you were mentioning like Gideon and putting out the fleece. Yeah. And, uh, and I think we, we talked about this uh, off air, but like, I think you're right that, that, Gideon was going way too far. He already knew what God wanted him to do. Well, I've heard Christians say, I'm just going to put out a fleece. This yeah. is an old Southern thing. I'm just going to put out a fleece and see if this is God's no, will. Like, I'm just going to put out a fleece. And I understand what they're saying. Right. They may be saying exactly what we're saying. I need they to test be. and know what God's will is. But that's a terrible example because God told Gideon what to do. Yes. And the Gideon's like, ah, are you sure, God? Because he... He started he, testing his patience. Right. And yeah. he even knows. He even said, if you read the scriptures, he even says, God, please do not be angry with your servant. Right. He knows God is like, I'm trying God's patience yeah. here. Yeah. And that is not the kind of testing That's we want to God do. That's not what God When God reveals his will to us, we need to do it and follow it uh, and not... not keep testing and 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 know and saying okay are you sure god are yeah. you sure well you know the the psalm 119 uh 105 clearly says that your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path that's right so that's what we're talking about here the word of god grows us it changes us and it directs us and it directs us step by step day by day right so this lamp to my feet light to my path when you are in god's word and you are just living for him, surrendered to him intentionally, on purpose, you're going to end up where God wants you mm-hmm. to be. Yeah, you're not, You don't even need to know that he wants you at XYZ place because you're going to end up there just by walking with him, right? Well, yes, and I think it's hard for people to discern God's will because they're not walking with the Lord, you know? Uh, we, we want to do what seems best from our perspective, yeah. you know? Uh, when God's will is not always that way, certainly on a worldly perspective, but but it may mean that you have to walk through a difficult season. It right. may mean that you have to walk down a hard road. Um, that's part of living fully surrendered to the Lord. That's right. It is. But we know God's will is perfect and good and and pleasing and so acceptable. So we need to uh, we need to make sure that's that's a part of full surrender is knowing, hey God, you're in control. Yeah. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to follow your will. I'm going to follow that path, wherever it takes me. Yeah. Well, I I think there's one word that kind of really is the key to making this possible. Mm. I think when we talk about this, it's like, yeah, but, yeah, like anybody, we can all think this, yeah, but, yeah, but, and there's something holding us back. There's something that makes it so impossible, and there's a key that just like unlocks Mm -hmm. this ability to surrender fully to the Lord. What What, what would you say that is? No, you tell us. Okay. Well, you wrote it down, but it's humility. (laughs) Right, nice setup. It's that humility. <laughs> it's that humility. Um, it's so important uh, to being able to surrender to God. Yeah. And if we're not humble, that is what is holding us back. Yeah. Would well, you I agree? think I think the the uh, I think that as we look to Jesus as our example, he lived a life of full surrender to God the Father. Right, mm-hmm. and that called for him to be humble. You know, I mean, Jesus could have been. Very prideful. I mean, he's the son of God. You know, yeah. he could have been very prideful. He could have he could have demanded this and wanted that. But man, he lived in humility because he knew there was a a higher calling to his life. And I think every Christian has to get to a point where we understand God has a higher calling to our lives. And so to live fully surrendered, we got to humble ourselves. Yeah. There's a great example here in uh, Philippians chapter two. I know this is a few verses here. Do you want to read this for yeah, us? Yeah, I would love to. Um, so it says Philippians two one through eleven. If there's any encouragement in Christ any comfort from love, any participation in the spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. And then he says, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, being found in human form. He 
humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Mm, I love this verse because it shows us the way to live in humility, how we should think about others, how we should treat others. And the only way to do that is to have full surrender. But then he gives us this great example of Jesus. Jesus was fully surrendered to God the Father. I mean, he fully uh, was willing to uh, step out of heaven, come to us in a, in a humanly body so that he could be a sacrifice for yeah. us. I mean, think about the, the amount of surrender that, that that took, right? Yeah. So how does looking to Jesus help us? Man, I, I think that... First of all, it, it is our example. It's it's the way we can do it because when we put our faith in Christ, when we receive the Holy Spirit, we receive um, His Spirit. We receive the same um, desires that God has right. in us. So we so we look to Him to see what those desires look like in real life. And I think the the key to this is applying this humility in every sphere that we live. I think that it's really easy to say, like, this is how I'm supposed to be when I'm at church, but when I'm at home, or it's really easy to do this when I'm at this place, but when I'm at the grocery store and that person cuts me off when I'm trying to get my Christmas shopping done, and we don't apply this humility to every sphere of our life, that's what Jesus did, though. I mean, Jesus applied his humility to every sphere of his life, even to the point where he washed his disciples' disgusting Mm. feet, you know? Um, so it's so important to look to Jesus. It helps us because we're reminded that there's no time in our lives that we can turn off our humility and be allowed to be prideful. Yeah, yeah. I would say for for Christians that are looking to try to um, live in full surrender, go read the the Gospels. Go read about the life of Jesus in mm-hmm. in the Bible. Um, you'll see an unprecedented amount of humility and surrender, even yeah. though he had all this power to um, heal and do these miracles and, I mean, just all these amazing things, uh, you'll see that in his life, and it will encourage you. It will it will help you in your walk to fully surrender to him. So, yeah. amen. Now, what happens if we don't fully surrender? I, th- I think we get frustrated. Yeah. Have you seen this in uh, people's lives or maybe in your own life? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's like one of the biggest uh, problems in life is when, is when you're dealing with something, you're trying to control something in your yeah. life, and you know that that it's the Lord's. You know in your mind this is supposed to belong to the Lord, but you still try to hold on to it. And it's like trying to push a you know a, a gigantic boulder. You know, <laughs> like you can't do it. And until you finally surrender and get into the bulldozer, you know, like it's not going to happen. Well, Jesus Himself said, "No one man can serve two masters." You know, exactly. I mean, think about if you had two bosses that were <clears throat> that were opposite of each <laughs> yeah. other. You know, always, some of our listeners might know what that's like. I don't always know. pulling you in different directions, always pulling you in different ways, and you know, uh, there would be no it's, peace in your life. There were, yeah, it'd be so frustrated, yeah. you know. And I think that's what that's what so many Christians. There's a partial surrender, and it causes frustration <laughs> that we do to ourselves. Yes, right. Yes, yeah. We're we're trying to live our faith in our own power. Yes, and we need to stop that. And we need to live in total surrender. Yes. And I do believe, listen, ex- surrender is an expression of faith. Right. I do think sometimes the word faith is hard for us to grasp because, you know, it feels like this word that you just can't grab a hold mm-hmm. of. You know, it's like faith. What is, I have, you know, yeah. like George Michael, you got to have faith, the faith, the faith. <laughs> no, but it's just hard. It's hard for us to, it's hard for us to to know what faith is, but it's easy for us when we think about surrender mm-hmm. or, tr- or a, 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 we're trusting the Lord. So I'm right. able to surrender. Yeah. And I love what it says here in Proverbs chapter three, where it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Be not wise in your own eyes, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. Yeah. This verse is talking about full surrender, right? Yes. I mean, it, it's all right there. I mean, it says, it says, it's kind of like a, a, um, 
a positive and negative aspect of what's going on here. Surrender has this idea of putting your trust in the Lord and not putting your trust in yourself. So you 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 know that's the two sides of the same coin, right? You are putting yourself into Christ. You cannot trust an airplane to fly and also try to fly by yourself at the same time. You will die, right? So what we have to do is put ourselves into the Lord and not try to figure things out on our own, not try to make plans uh, without him, not think that we are wise without him. And so when we trust, I, I really like the the word trust. Mm-hmm. To me, that is the most helpful word because when I trust someone um, that means that I'm basically in my mind when I think about trusting someone, I f- I f- I usually think about this um, experience of like letting go of something else mm-hmm. and letting them carry me along, mm-hmm. and I don't know how to explain that any other way, and I think that that's what we need to do with in our heart to God. And then let that be lived out in our real life, right? Because mm-hmm. it's, it, you know, living out our faith isn't about just trying. It's yeah. about trusting. Yeah, I think so many people get, uh, they feel like they have to do something. Mm. And and to do something to either earn their faith or to please God or, or I, I don't know, they just, there's a lot of doing, you yeah. know, and a lot of trying. Here's the thing. The Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. Yeah. It starts with faith. And all of the actions, all of the um, the, the living sacrifice, the, the 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 things we're doing comes out of that faith. Yeah. But it's it's an attitude, it's a mind shift where you trust the Lord. You're not you're not leaning on your understanding. You're 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 saying, God, what's what's your way? Mm. What's your desire? Where do you want me to go? Right. Not not what I think is right. What do you think is right? Yeah. And then we live in that. That's right. We we we, we walk through that 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 way. And I think that's the difference that, that would, will make so much difference in people's lives to understand what full surrender really looks like. Yeah, that's right. And I I do want to just really quickly add this in. I think some people will, some people could take this to the point where they're praying about everything. You know, it's like, Lord, should I use the grape jelly or jelly? Right. Okay. So here's what here's what you do with that. Hey, maybe maybe you want to do that. Fine, go for it. But here's the deal. When you're not like clear, when you don't feel like when when you can't tell what God would tell you to do, when you're praying like, "Lord, should I have a ham sandwich or should I eat soup?" and you don't like God doesn't answer that out of the blue, more than likely he won't. Um here's what you do. You recognize that you can do what you want in that you case. You eat the ham sandwich and the soup. You can, yeah, exactly. <laughs> both. No, no. Um, what what you do then is you let biblical wisdom guide you, right? And you and you ask yourself, well, what what do I want? Is this sinful? No. Okay. Am I being gluttonous? No. Okay. Good. And you let what you already know from God, what That's He's good. already told you, be your guide because you already know that. But then there's other times where you're not really sure what the direction is. And so you need to pray and then read and pray and read until you know the answer. That's right. So this is this is a process, right? I mean, this is something we have to go through. This is something we need to learn. So how do we learn to fully surrender? Well, I think in some ways we'll never feel like we're fully surrendered. Do you agree with that? I mean, there's always work to do because this is sanctification. Becoming like Christ is is the thing, the journey that we're, we're on as believers. And we're never... We're never going to fully get there. Listen, I, I think that's absolutely right. I think that what the Bible teaches us, the, the two most important things in life are to love the Lord your God with all of your heart and soul and mind and strength and to love others as yourself. And here's what's interesting. It does not say love the Lord your God 100% perfectly mm. because here's the reality. God knows that we're sinful. That's why Jesus came. Yeah. So when Jesus comes, he makes it possible for us to love God in the first place. And then as we walk out, as we grow in this salvation we've been given, that's called sanctification, we get better at doing our best. Our best becomes better. Mm-hmm. And so what God wants from us is to love him with our best, yeah. to love others with our best, to give to Him, give ourselves to him our best, and then grow in our best. Yes, yes. You know, right. I do believe we can have a a piece about our level of surrender while we push 
for more and more in our lives. Yes, I, yes. I don't think we have to be consumed like, oh, God, God hates me. I'm not fully surrendered. God loves us. Right. You know, in, it's the Bible says in spite of our sin, God right. loves us. Right. Right. He shows us that through Jesus. So what we do is we we commit and live and we say, God, I'm, I'm going to be fully surrendered to you. And that's going to be a process which I'm going to grow in. And we have to be comfortable in that. Yeah. You know, uh, John Piper has these uh, Ask Pastor John mm-hmm. on his website. They're and really so good. I found this one in doing some research for this. Someone asked the question, am I uh, completely surrendered to Christ? And he had a great answer. I'll, I'll link it in the show notes. You can go um, uh, check that out. But it says here, he had a co- three three areas. He said, number one, speak truth. Speak the truth of full surrender. You know, how can just saying or affirming surrender in our lives help? I think it starts getting you thinking the right way. Yeah. You know, as you keep saying it, you know, like, and, and you can Sometimes do this. Sometimes things need to be said out loud, you know? Yes, exactly. Uh, and, and said, you know, for instance, we make our marriage vows right. out loud. Right. Well, it's you like, know? oh, they already know. Like, You can okay. make a commitment to Christ in your heart, but right. sometimes it needs to be said out loud. Right. And if you if you will speak these words, like, Lord, I... I know it's it's almost in a prayer, you know, Lord, I, I want to be fully surrendered. God, I am fully surrendered. If you if you say these things, it doesn't automatically make it true, but you are putting a commitment on the line. You know, yeah. you, you are marking a time where to say, I, I'm doing this for right. you, Lord. That's right. Yeah. The second one is he says you need to act the truth of full surrender. Mm-hmm. So like what would an act of surrender look like what yeah i think it's gonna be different in every in everyone's lives because uh there are areas that we refuse to different areas we refuse to surrender mm, whether yeah. it's our time whether it's a sin issue whether it's um you know something else that we are holding, holding back yeah. yeah we've got to um look and say okay god i'm surrendering this to you in my life and then begin to walk in that yeah you yeah. know, and, and just the act of, of beginning to walk in those things is going to produce more surrender in your life. It's not like, um, you, it's like, man, I got to wait till I feel like I'm surrendered before I can act like I'm surrendered. It's, right. Sometimes the actions will, will, will bear out the feelings. That's right. Well, I mean, that's how it works in relationships. Like when you don't feel like loving your husband or wife or your kids, like, uh, you know what love looks like, so you you do what you know is loving, right. and the feeling will follow, right? Um, so I think that's really good. And then finally, he says that we need to pray for the gift of assurance of full surrender. Yes, this is really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but why why is this so important, and how does this prayer help us? Yeah, ultimately, we know that that prayer is uh, our connection with the Lord, where mm-hmm. we can ask and we can talk and we can praise and we interact when we read God's word and we pray the Holy Spirit interacts with our spirit you yeah. know and I love what it says in Romans 8:16 the spirit himself bears witness to our spirit that we are children of God mm. and so we need this this opportunity where we can go and and pray to God and we can ask him to assure us in our faith yeah God give us this assurance that the Holy Spirit brings in our faith and that I can walk in full surrender to you, yeah. you know? So we're, we're praying that God would help us to do that. I mean, again, we're, we're turning back to the Lord and seeking him. The Bible tells us all the time to, to turn to the Lord and ask and, and he gives good gifts. And I mean, all these things that, that the scriptures tell us, we've got to go and, and ask him to help us. Yeah. Yeah. That's right, man. That's really good. So is there anything that's helped you in your walk to fully surrender to God? Yeah, um, there there is uh, at least two really big ones that I can like, I will, this is just always my answer because I always think about these. So like when I was wrestling with the call to ministry, I was really like wrestling with, uh, you know, I was like 17 or something and I was wrestling with what God wanted me to do with my life, right? Because you're supposed to know that when you're 17 for whatever reason. And uh, um and I was just praying well, through the rest it. of my life. I must know now. Yeah, I need to know now what the rest of my life is. Which is look a like. falsehood. But That's yeah. not the way it works. Um, yeah, and this is kind of how God responded because I noticed as I was praying and reading and just thinking through these things, I, I just recognized God basically responding to me, being like, "You really want to know what I want you to do with your life?" And uh, and I was like, "Yes," <laughs> you know. And uh, and he's like. 
I want you to do whatever I want you to do. And I was like, what? And it's such a weird, I don't know how to describe the experience, but it was really just kind of a personal experience of, 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 of talking to the Lord and, and spending time with him in the word where he was basically teaching me that, that concept of my word is a lamp to your feet. What that means is like, I'm going to take you places and I'm not going to tell you where they are yet. So like, do you want to go there? Yeah. And that was basically how I responded. And I had to come to the point where I said, Lord, whatever you want me to do and wherever you want me to go, I will do it. Yeah, that's good. And I, and I told, and I was like, here's, here's my addendum. Uh, that's going to be really hard. I'm going to need your help. Please make that clear to me if possible. Uh, you know, yada, yada, yada. But all those aside, whatever you want, wherever you want, I will do it. Please help me, you know, by your grace. And he, and that's when he was like, cool, ministry. And I was like, oh, okay. And that's what I did. And as I started preparing for ministry, I went my first, one of my first classes, Dr. Draper, I've said this before, Dr. Draper said, everyone believes something for no good reason. So I think surrender is in, you know, starts in what you think, right? You need to surrender. And that's, that's what, um, what did we say? Yeah. Proverbs three says, don't lean on your own understanding. Dr. Draper said, everyone thinks things for no good reason. When you come across something in the Bible that disagrees with what you think, stop thinking what you think and start believing what the Bible says. Mm. And I was like, oh, you know, like, whoa, like that's deep. And it's so simple, but it is so transformative. And that is, those have been the two things in my life that have helped me. Mm -hmm. All, whenever I'm wrestling with things in my life, I always go back to that, be like, oh, dang it. I told God I would do whatever he said. And all crud, I said I would believe whatever the Bible says. Mm -hmm. So now I have to believe these things. Yeah. And it's always it's not been bad. I'm joking when I say, oh, crud. It's been like, okay, I can do this. Let's go. And it ends up being the best. Yeah. So, yeah. so okay, I've said a lot. What about you? How, yeah. how have you grown in this? No, I remember, uh, you know, I've shared my testimony on the podcast before, but I, I became a believer um, right at the end of my sophomore year of high school or in the middle, I guess. Um, and I really, my junior and senior year, my junior year especially was a, was a huge time of wrestling with my faith. You know, I knew I was a believer, but there was a pull, uh, to, um, you know, to, to the, to the old life, mm -hmm. you know, to, to sin and to live a, live a worldly kind of nominal Christian life, you know, and I remember being really challenged in that in that period by my youth pastor and other people to, you know, kind of fully commit to the Lord and and leave behind, um, you know, the the worldly mm. pursuits, you know. And so I do remember I I, uh, I don't remember a specific moment necessarily, but I do remember you know making that commitment and saying, okay, God, I I know you saved me. I got to be all into this, you know, yeah. I've got to be all in for you. And so I did in my senior year, I, I lived uh, a much more um, sold out or surrendered life and saw a lot of fruit in that. And that's when God called me into the ministry as well, my yeah. senior year. And a lot of that is because I, I, I was learning to fully surrender, you know, yeah. another time was in college. You know, I had my college minister, uh, challenged me to memorize John 15, the first part of John 15, where it's, you know, abiding in the branch. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm the vine, you are the branches, abide in me, and I will abide in you. And this helped me understand that uh, as a follower, I'm connected to Jesus, but, but not just connected. I rely on him like a branch yeah. relies on its vine. Yes. And so Jesus is my everything. I must be willing to submit everything and give everything to follow him. So that helped me kind of put that into perspective that whatever I do in my life, wherever I go, that Jesus is my everything. Yeah. And I, I'm not just, I'm not just surrendering him. I'm dependent on That's, him. Yes. And so that helped me to kind of deepen my my walk and help me to understand what what fully surrender what being fully surrendered looked like. Yeah, that's like I mean, man, we we use this a lot, but it's like it's like saying fully surrender to eating food. You know, like <laughs> like duh, like you need it. Like nobody out there is like, oh man, I guess I'll eat food today. Yeah. You know, they we want it. We want to be surrendered. Well, people to that, that we admire in life are people that excel because they will they will fully commit to things in their life. Whether yes. it's a you know whether we admire an athlete who achieves great heights, gold medals, or 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 world championships or whatever, they have fully committed. That's their right. life to that pursuit. Right. In business, we admire these 
billionaires and these people, they fully committed to pursuing those things in their life. And, you know, if we want to be, uh, if we want to excel in our faith, if we want to be closer to the Lord, we must be fully committed to Christ. Yeah. Well, I think that's a great way to kind of start like landing this, you know, that that's where we got to start, right? Mm. Is, is making that commitment saying, deciding I am going to surrender Lord, help me, you know, like I surrender, help my lack of surrender. Right. Right. And, and so we need to make that commitment and then start surrendering a little bit more each day. Yeah. What are those areas in your life that you, that you hold on to that you, it could be a sin. It could be, it could be just just an idol. It could be a thought. It could be anything in your life that you're like, this is me that I'm not, I'm not going to give that up. You know, what is God calling you to surrender? And you know, you're just giving yourself a little over to him a little more each day, day after day. But here's the thing. I think people look at this and it's like, Oh man, God's going to call me to do something and I'm not going to want to do it. Or it's going to be painful Mm. or it's going to hurt or, you know, just all these things. Listen, Jesus does expect full surrender, but here's the thing. We should be glad to give it to him. He is our Lord and savior. He's given everything for us and he calls us to give us our life to him. Right. And so it should be a joyful surrender. It's not a begrudging right. like, oh man, I got to surrender this to the Lord. It's like, no, I need to surrender this for my good and for your glory, God. That's right. That's right. Yeah, because that's that's where life comes from. You know, yeah. like with, like you were saying about the the branch being dependent on it. Like it's not a a begrudging you know surrender or a begrudging begrudging a connection to mm-hmm. the vine. The branch is delighted to be connected to the Without vine. Without it, it's dead. Because <laughs> it's dead otherwise. And so we are delighted to to walk where God wants us to walk. Right. It's sometimes in our ignorance and our, our lack of growth, we we don't realize that. And that's why you have to do what you know is true, yes. even though you don't always feel it. Mm-hmm. Because then when you get there, you look back. I mean, how many times has this happened to you in your life where you, you get somewhere that you didn't think you wanted to go, and then you look back and you're like, wow, this is amazing. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. Why do I ever doubt you? You know? And exactly. so we just need to remember that's what Jesus wants from us. He wants us to give our lives fully to him because he's already given his life fully for us. Right. And so uh, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. This is our uh, living act of worship, you know? Yeah, that's right. Well, uh, I hope that this has helped. This has definitely helped me uh, think through ways that I can surrender more uh, aspects of my life where I can It's good for us to revisit humble. this every now and then because there are there are little things, little strongholds, little things that pop up even right. in my own life. And I need to be reminded, like, and ask myself, am I fully surrendered to the Lord? Right, yeah, anytime you in every start area. thinking, like, yeah, I'm fully surrendered to God, like, mm. uh, Maybe not. Maybe not. (laughs) Yeah. So cool. Well, thank you all for listening. Yeah, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. the article and at least get some of what you're saying or would you rather them just bypass it altogether i don't know would you rather pick at the bun of a hamburger or eat the whole hamburger that is not an accurate analogy <laughs> that's like it would be would you rather pick say, the pickles off of the hamburger or no eat that hamburger? is also not an accurate analogy <laughs> a better analogy would be would you rather take three bites of a burger or eat an entire burger of course eat the entire burger Exactly. But my No, what you're saying is, is eat three bites of burger or nothing. Or no burger. And yeah. my answer, you know, is definitely to have three bites of that burger. It's just enough to make you mad. That is also true, though. Then I have to go find a burger elsewhere. Anyway, so we're going to do top three ways to surrender to God. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get all the clicks. Top three. <laughs> oh, we're so oh, clever. Man.